gospel message is brought to you by the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Fountain of Love, Aberdeen, UK. Open your heart to receive this life-changing Word of God. God bless you. You are the last person. Okay. Genesis chapter 45. Genesis 45. And I read verses 1 to 4. Genesis chapter 45, verses 1 to 4, please. Then Joseph could not restrain himself before all those who stood by. And he cried out, make everyone go out from me. So no one stood with him while Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And he wept aloud. And the Egyptians at the house of Pharaoh heard it. Then Joseph said to his brother, I am Joseph. Does my father still live? But his brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed in his presence. And Joseph said to his brothers, Please come near to me. So they came near. Then he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into slavery. It's a very moving story. And I remember when I was reading this part of the scripture and knowing the background to this story, it, uh, it touched me greatly. It touched me so much, those three-letter words will actually be the title for this message. Uh, you really need to listen to it to know why we will title the message that way. So the title of the message is, I am Joseph. I am Joseph. And um, as usual, we've just started falling in love with Joseph. I hope you have. Have you? He's been a very great guy. You know, he's taught us so many things with his life. Started as a 17-year-old, you know, and then went through so many things that, you know. And I remember when I was 17, it just occurred to me. It happened to be, if there are days in one's life, I listened to a man of God, he said, there are numbers in your life. And those numbers and you know, ages of yours. And the man gave his own number. And it just occurred to me, actually, that 17, if I'm going to count my numbers, 17 would be one of them. Um, maybe 10 as well, but 17 definitely. Because 17 was the, time, was the year, was how old I was when my father died. Uh, 17 was, the, was how old I was when he was expecting me to finish my GCO level and expecting me to do well. And he actually was planning to have a party for me. And I think just a month before that time he died. And um, my sister, that was just four years older than me, um, did well in a GCO level, but not as well as I did. And um, he actually had a party for, for her. Killed a chicken for her. It doesn't mean much to you. I mean, you go to Asda, you get chicken. I know, we kill chicken, you know. And so killed a chicken for her. So I was expecting something bigger than a chicken. It would not have been a turkey, but probably maybe two chickens, okay? Um, but he died. So that, that stayed with me. During that time, I found out that my future looked very bleak. Uh, during that time was the time I told you that one of the things that happened to me when I got my results, went back to the, uh, you, some of you have heard about that, went back into the bedroom, knelt down, and thank God. I can't remember I was born again. And I was still wondering, 17 years old, who told you that that's what to the right thing to do? I mean, I should have just jumped up and said, hooray, whatever. I just went and I knelt down and I said, God, I thank you. 
And since then, started chatting about 17 was, 17 was the age when this boy was revealed unto us in scripture. And many things were unveiling in his life. From that 17, he was going through problem and problem and problem until he was reckoned as dead. And then one day, Joseph came up and said, I am Joseph. And so I believe in every human life that there are two phases. I checked that pronunciation very well before I came. You know, it's phases, not faces. Two faces can also work, but also two phases. Thank you. Two phases. The first phase is called the masking phase. That is, a mask will be put on your face. And what people will be seeing will be different from who you really have behind. We call it the masking phase. I'm not talking of deceptive masking. I'm talking of a masking that you have no control over. A masking in which they will wear something for you, whether you like it or not, but that's the way you will be seen. Circumstances of life will make you appear that way, but that is not the real you. And so, that period of masking must be in your life for a length of time until a period of unmasking will come. And when the unmasking comes, then people will begin to celebrate you and see the real you. Are you getting this right now? So, for Joseph, he was masked for that length of time. And he was giving them an idea that whom you are seeing is bigger than who he really is. He was telling them that. That the person you are seeing is not the real person that is me. The first dream he had, he told them. He said, I may not have a position in this family. In actual fact, we give recognition, not wisely so, to the firstborn. We give special petting to the lastborn. I was not the first. You all knew that. Probably we'll be telling them in the present continuous. I said, I am not the first at that time. I am not the last as well. I'm somewhere in between. It's one of those difficult ones to say. If it is a grammatically correct to the second to the last, if there's anything like that. You know? It's not quite the last, it's not quite the first. So I don't enjoy anything. But that is a mask. There is another Joseph that is going to occupy a place that is beyond your imagination. They didn't know it was there was a mask. And many of us, we are sitting down and we are going through life. People are only saying they masked you because you are in the masking phase. And as long as they are saying they masked you, they will deal with you according to the masked you. But it is important for you not to deal with yourself according to the way you are masked. Because truly, one day, you will be unmasked. Because truly one day they will see the real one who is destined to be whom God wants him to be or her to be. And so this masking I'm talking about is out of your control. Don't worry. This is the one that made people to say that there is no hope for that child. But one of these days, that child will come up. And that child will announce and say, I am so and so. And all jaws withdraw. He said, it can't be. He said, yes, it is. And you, someday, you will be revealed unto people. Because whether you like it or not, there are people who have formed various impressions about you. Based on what they are seeing. 
There are people who have formed various impressions about me 10, 20 years ago, even as possibly yesterday, even possibly this morning. There are probably people who will form impression of me as they are listening to this remotely or even within the room and say, well, that is how far it could go. But I know there's another one that God has got plans for. And I know what I'm seeing in your faces is not the real one that God has got plans for. So when you are going through your masking phase, there are a few things you need to do. Number one, you must learn never to agree with what people are saying. Don't agree. You don't need to be petulant. You don't need to be difficult. You only need to just laugh. But don't join them in laughing at you. When they are laughing at you, don't laugh with them. If you must laugh, laugh back at them. Because one of these days, we will know on who the laughter will really be. And it's a constant of life. If you're not aware of it, many destinies have been destroyed by that. By parents who just believe that that's how far the child will go. As I've been walking through with the Lord through the years, I'm so afraid of him because of what and who he can make somebody to be. I've seen people that absolutely seem to have no hope at all. Lifted and lifted very high. Of course, they've got a few things to do on their own. But the number one thing they knew, they need to do is to believe what God is saying about them. And you need to discover that. Because people will give a caricature of you that is not really you. It's your duty to make sure you don't agree with them. Number two, during this period, stay humble. Because many people will be humble if they are doing well. And explain what I mean by that. It is very easy for you when you have a lot of wealth to choose of your own volition to say you will not flaunt your wealth. It's possible. It's it's a little bit easier. You you, you can afford to buy anything. You decided not to buy that particular worth of the thing, whatever it may be. Anything mentioned. A TV set. You know, whatever you can buy. How many inches they do now? Maybe 65, okay. There's 90 inches now. Yeah, at Costco, those 90 inches. I said, ah, yes, where are you? If you if you are on the internet now, you can go. I think there's been 120 inches. Costco media. That's a cinema in your house. The ones that all these um, celebrities, so-called celebrities use, they are specially made and they don't have inches. They just they just say from here to there. So <laughs> now back to your own elevator, back to our own place. Now you can afford to buy, you know, a 60 inches television. And you just decide to say, okay, I don't want to spend that amount of money. on. Uh, I'll just buy 15 inches. Okay? That is voluntarily humbling yourself. But when you really want to buy 60, and your money cannot buy more than 32, and somebody is goading you with it, that is the time we know whether you are truly humble. That's what the Bible means, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. The hand of God first keeps you down before it lifts you up. And the worst of human beings tends to show when we are kept down. I've been there before. Things will come out of you that you believe that, ah, normally if you can choose to, you know, when people insult you, you know you can afford it, you know you are more than that. But when you know really, really by your own reckoning you are not, that is the time when you know yourself that what is showing outside seems to tally with what is the reality in your life. Because there's still a remote you. There's a real you. There's a mask you. When the mask you is agreeing with the real you, not the remote you, which is the promise, which is the covenant you, 
That is when the problem comes. And that is the time you must stay humble. You know that there is still one deep, far behind. Joseph, when he was in prison, he knew he was a prisoner. But he knew that his life would not end as a prisoner. For at that moment, he was a prisoner. When he was in pit, he knew he was a guy in the pit. But he was able to dissociate between what he was saying. And so, at that point, stay humble. Because if you don't stay humble, your behavior may cause you to lose the plan and purpose of God. And it's a hard place to be. Circumstances of life is the greatest test of humility. No matter, everybody is humble when everything is okay. I mean, majority of people, when money gets in, I mentioned that last week, they become something else. When you are going through your masking phase, remember very clearly that you must pay attention onto the way you respond. Number three. Let me just quickly roll through this one so that we begin to pray. When you are also in your masking phase, you need to manage it by speaking regularly to yourself. And in the song we sang this morning, we say, let the weak say, Joel chapter 3 verse 10. Speak regularly to yourself. That is, you need to know that where God is taking you is farther than where you are. Number four, depend on God at all times. It's not a time to lean on human beings because the help of man will fail. No matter how much they promise you, it will fail. Number five, don't stop dreaming. Don't stop dreaming. Now, this masking face that I've mentioned unto you, there are different ways that the Bible also put it. The Bible can call it, in some places, the night time of our lives. In the night time, nobody sees you. In the night time, you are obscure. In the night time, you know you are doing maximally what you should do, but there's no recognition. You know your CV is loaded to the teeth. You know the experience you have garnered. Nobody's giving you a second look. You know you can do more than this. But because the night time, nobody sees you at night. The dawn must come before you are seen. And you must learn to dwell and to, uh, to just stay calm and depend on God. He said, weeping may endure for the night, but joy will come in the morning. You must know that because it is night, you cannot accelerate night, unfortunately. That is the fearful part. And so some of us in this room, God knew that your night time was about to be over. And maybe turned to that brother that day and said, your night time is about to be that temporary night. And he turned it around. For another, he may say, another two weeks, another month. But in it, my grace will be sufficient for you. Because that's the truth. Some may say, a little bit longer. But when I do it, it will be glorious. Night time is also the masking time. Nobody sees you. Nobody recognizes you. A man of God shared this testimony with me, uh, with us rather, and I practically was almost sharing it with me. It was that personal. In a room where about 1,000 people there or close to, it was a leadership conference, and I, I, it, it, it blew my mind. When I was doing, you know, preparing this one, the Lord brought that particular story back to my mind. And the man was saying that he knew all along that he was a fantastic teacher of the world. Actually, when he was saying, I first thought he was proud, but I knew him. I knew, I mean, I'm, there's... Very, if I count four people in the world, he probably will be among the first three. When they pick a scripture, they will see what nobody ever sees from the scripture. So the man knew that that was who he was. He, he could just tear scripture apart. But for how many years? Close to 10 years? 
his church was a few ten people. And he was wondering that God, he said, but no matter what people said, he said he knew deep within him that would not end that way. And so, but God gave him the revelation. He said, at night, you sleep. At night, you dream. At night, you rest. Because the day is coming when the energy gain at night will be put into use. So at the night time, stop fretting. That is why many of us, when we don't sleep at night, we wake up with swollen um, eyes. It's not quite the eyes that is swollen, but part of your face is swollen, I like to think. But you, we call it swollen eyes. You wake up with bloodshot eyes. And the energy that you have saved in the night, you wake up in the morning not to have it to be used again. And by the way, I don't know why this one come to my heart. Anyone that you are struggling, even in bringing your weight under control, I may shock you. I don't know why the Lord is bringing it, whether it's relevant or not, but I'll drop it anyway. Watch your night hours. Watch your night hours. For two things. Number one, watch your night hours that you sleep and rest very well. It will help you, your body to readjust and to be the right size, the right shape, the right function. And also watch your night hours, the kind of dreams that you dream. So when you are going to bed, because even in the dream, a lot of things get deposited in our lives. Night hours are preparation for the day that are coming. Don't focus on the fact that you are not seen. Focus on the fact that God is working upon you and he will fulfill his work. Very short message. I go to the unmasking phase. Hallelujah. Because I know very soon you will be unmasked. I know I will be unmasked. I will be unmasked. People will see the real one that the world has been waiting for. Please put on the screen for me Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 verse 19. If you have the New Living Translation, that will help me. And we just have a read of that together and possibly just pray. Amen. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who is children? Finish that for me. Who is children? So what they are saying is not who we really are. The world is waiting. And that unmasking and presentation will be in phases. Part of the first phase is that before Jesus Christ comes back, people will see who you really are. Because they saw in Acts chapter 4 verse 13 who the apostles really were. They thought they were just refraps. Acts chapter 4 verse 13. They thought they were just... And listen carefully unto this. Live that every day. Encourage yourself with that every day. Believe that every day. Your spirit will never come down again. You will never feel you anymore. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John, which they were not expecting, I will insert there, which was totally contradictory to what they expected to see, and they sensed, they thought, they, they just got it, that they must have been uneducated and untrained men. That was their impression. That was their masked face to them. That was what they could see. They then marveled. They were shocked, and they realized that they had been with and when they thought that nothing could come out of them, they probably were going to say, in boldness and in confidence, Peter possibly say, I am a follower of Jesus. 
I am a disciple. I am Peter that you thought there's no hope for. The moment, that's the first phase of our unmasking. They were unmasked there. That's another unmasking that will happen when we see Jesus. And that one is what every one of us must pay attention to. One of the things that bothers me most about the Christian journey is that when we get to heaven, there will be so many shocks. People you don't expect to do well, they will surprise you. Sometimes I get some little stories here and there that makes me wonder. People who are doing underground work in this place, good one. I'm not talking about bad one. Good underground work. I heard the story of a particular sister, and that has been her hallmark, a later land, that without anybody prompting her, without belonging to the group or follow-up or whatever, we identify people in the church, follow them up, help them, and make sure they stay. No record in the pastor's book. No record in the leader's book. No record in the workers' group, but as a record in heaven. And one day she will be unmasked. One day everybody will see. They will say, "Are you? You can not you." They say, "Where?" And the person will stand up and say, "I am." Mention the name. And everybody, really? He said, "That's who I am. That's what the Lord has called me to be." The time is coming. I believe with all my heart that even when people, you know, a man came here, I shared that with you before, and all this unmasking is an ongoing thing. But the eternal and everlasting one and the final one is what matters most. A man came here. I shared with some of you before. Uh, and I always repeated that. Though people always prompt me not to say that. But I, I say the way I see it. The way I see it was that the first redeemed church in Scotland was started by a guy that came and left. And that church was actually folding up. Um, it was a long story. You know, he came from Port Harcourt and started the church and... The rest of the story, you know, the ups and downs. So the church grew a little bit. After a time, everybody left. And the, when he was leaving, he left so hurriedly. All the files and the books of this church, he gave onto the other two guys who were actually not members of Redeem. And he said, look for Redeem. <laughs> look for them. So because he registered the church. He did, every, did everything they should do. And say, and this is the amount of money they can't book, check. Well, I'm off. And so those guys, they phoned frantically around, eventually got to London and spoke to my senior pastor there. The rest of it was history. The man said, come here occasionally. I came here, and here we are today. But that's not the end of the story. This same man came to town a long time after that. And when he came to town, something spoke to him. Well, you started a small house fellowship and a church here. What has happened to you? So he went to Holborn Street. Immediately he got to Holborn Street. They said, for some reason, he said he knew that was not the place. So second day, he came here, fell on a Wednesday. And as he was walking in, I think we've just finished the service, sat quietly within the church, you know, and masked all along. Nobody knew him. I saw his name in the books. Nobody knew who he was looking like. He walked across. I remember it was that aisle. And as he was walking onto me, he said, he just wanted to ask that there was a church that was started, was meeting somewhere where I started with them here that he's just wondering whether this is the church. And I look at him straight and I smile. And I mention this. I say, are you Sam? He said, I'm Sam. I said, this is the church you started. He was unmasked. He fell on his face. And called the wife right there and then. He says, I said, well, your obedience is what has brought all of us here. I may not have met him on this side of eternity, but the truth of the matter is that many things you've done through your life like that, nobody seems to take notice. One day they will take notice. That's why you must never stop doing good. Oh, with all this labor, the way I love these family members, what they're giving me, don't worry yourself. 
have been there before. I could have given my eyes unto them to help them, to do whoever it is, and see what I'm getting back. Don't worry. One day, the day of reckoning will come. It came for Joseph. He was able to stand. Stand boldly. You were expecting a dead man, but I'm alive. You are expecting a man that has no hope, but I have hope. Your story will be like that. Amen. And one of these days, you will be unmasked. And everything that is settled in God's book shall come to light. In the name of Jesus. Finally, please, whatever you do, as you are going through the period of unmasking, there are a few things you need to do so that you do not stop that process prematurely. Genesis 50 verses 20 to 21, and I'll close. Genesis chapter 50 verses 20 to 21. I am Joseph. One of these days you will stand. You will stand. Those that thought you are long dead and gone, that your story is all over, you will stand. Or maybe you think you have arrived already. I'm still going to stand. And I will declare to them, I say, I am. You thought it's all over. It might look good to you. God says it's going to be better than this. But as for you, you meant evil against me, said Joseph. But God meant it for good. In order to bring it about as it is today. To save many people alive. Verse 21. Now therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spoke kindly, nicely, wonderfully to them. These were the people that sold him to slavery. These were the people that actually wanted to kill him, except by divine intervention. When Reuben, his brother, said, don't keep the boy. These were the same people that he comforted and spoke kindly to. So when the time to unmask you come by your in-laws... You have been unmasked before them. Unmasked ah, even to your siblings. Unmasked to your classmates. Who all along has spread all sorts of things. When it's time to unmask you come, you must, must be very, very careful that you did it very well or else the story might change. Number one, do not be bitter. He said, let there be no root of bitterness in you whereby many are spoiled. Whatever habit, whatever things that seem to be tying your hand. Oh, he's taking too much alcohol. Oh, he's taking marijuana. Oh, he cannot make anything. You link yourself to Jesus. One of these days, they will see a new you. I share with you many times the story of Dan. It will never leave me. In fact, Dan came and said, I am Dan. You remember? That's exactly what he said. You are not expecting Dan. He was deep in the problem with alcohol that they gave him three months. And believe you me, they were generous. But when I saw him physically, there's no way he could have. Eyes completely yellow. You could know he was gone. Tom, you could see every sign that this guy, if he's lucky, he had four weeks. Dan was still living. How many years on? Five years? Maybe there about. So many years. More, maybe six years. Just about the time we came in here. Oh, we've been here ten years. What am I talking about? It's a very long time. And yet... Even when it happened, even we that were the carers by the special grace of God, that were the supporters, I, at least, I lost hope. I even blasted the God. I said, what's wrong with you? God is a good God. And I said, I, I don't think you are serious. And he said, I'm serious. I can't help myself. Week in, week out, you will come here and cry. I said, it's crocodile tears. Your God knew it's genuine tears. I'm only human. 
And me, I did all I could. Bought clothes, sat with him hours on hours. Sometimes visited their home, sat with them and everything. And yet, when your father and your mother gave you up, the Lord will take you on. Because as it were, I was like a father to Dan. When I gave up on him, God said, are you finished, Chris? I said, yes, Lord. Let me take him over now. The Lord cleansed him. He walked back and we saw him and he was able to say, I am Dan. Are you? He said, I am. Not all over yet. So I beg of you in the name of the Lord, whatever it is, when your masking is happening, don't be bitter. Don't be bitter. Because he said, many of you, let there be no root of bitterness amongst you, whereby many are spoiled or destroyed. Bitterness destroys things. Anything that holds something bitter in it becomes bitter itself. And you can say, I'm holding the bitterness in me so that you can drink it. Well, I'm the first one that I'm drinking the bitterness. Don't be bitter. Just let God have his way. Never been a situation where people will beg you and plead with you and you will never say, okay, stop them halfway. How do I know a person has forgiven? How do I know? How do I know? And this can be a guide for you for life. How do you know that, you know, you've offended someone and the person has really, really, truly sorry and has really forgiven you? The way I know is the way Joseph did it. You will stop them in the midst of their apology. That's the one that God has worked upon. When someone is apologizing unto you, ah, I'm so sorry, I'm so, and he's doing his head like that, or vice versa, let's say it's me. And he's begging me, I'm just saying, uh, and the more he's saying I'm sorry, the more I'm bringing him all things. The more he's saying, I say, okay, you said sorry for that, what about that one? And he started, but even that one, it's okay, and by the time I mention five, he said, okay, for everything I'm sorry, so you're not even serious. You are lumping everything together. You offended me one by one. But a person who God has ministered out, and listen carefully to that. I might have said it from a jocular point of view, but the truth of the matter is that more often than not, when we are waiting for a full excuse and a full, um, what do you call it, uh, apology, is usually there's no room for repent, there's no room for forgiveness in you. A genuine heart of forgiveness will say, stop, enough. That was what the father, the father of the prodigal son did. Oh, the boy prepared his speech. Oh, probably I spent three days. He said, when I get to my father, I will say, father, oh, that's not the good start. I will say, daddy, no, daddy. Uh, I will say, papa. Eventually, he settled for father. Then God said, father, I've sinned again. Before he finished, the father said, stop it. Hugged him. In fact, I didn't even think the boy started his speech. Did he? The Bible, did he? And as he was saying it, the Bible said the father put his hand around him. He didn't question him for one moment. And so please, don't be bitter. Amen? Don't be bitter. Because people that have offended you, people that have weighed you according to the mask that life circumstances put over your face, they will turn back. Because you will be called in. Number two, remember you are there for a purpose. That's what the man says. He said, God has sent me ahead so that I can help you. I can help you. Remember, you are there for a purpose. So use it to help. The number three, give all the glory to God. He kept saying, it's God that has allowed this to happen. Of course, number four, as we started, be kind and do it freely. I'm totally aware and the good point to close, I'll go back to that point. 
that one of these days we shall see Jesus. We shall see him in all his glory. We shall see him in all his splendor. Whether it is a mask that life has placed upon you, which you can do nothing about, and at the fullness of time, the Lord will take that mask out and reveal you. Or if, unfortunately, which is the flip side of it, the one I mentioned when I started, a mask that you have put on yourself, a deceptive mask, you call yourself who you really not are. You pretend unto us and to the whole world that this is who you are when that is not who you are. One day, that mask will go as well. We will see clearly who everyone is. And on that last day, none of us shall be ashamed. Whichever face we are presented here, it will be a consistent face in eternity. And the Lord alone will help us. And when we hear messages like this, and we end it on this note like this, it's always wise for everybody to look inward. Where am I? If Jesus were to come today, will people be surprised the way we mark my script? Or would they will say, yeah, that's consistent. Yeah, that's what we know. If you think there's any sign at all, no matter how small, that there may be some disparity between what humans are seeing and what God knows. And let me be honest with you, you always need to say, search me, O God, and know my heart. He said, the heart is deep. No man can know it. Even you yourself, there's a limit of yourself that you know. Anyone that will work with God must go to God and say, God, reveal me to me. It's only wise people that do that. That's what the psalmist did in Psalm 139. Ask him to search you right now. Ask him to look into the deep parts of your heart. Ask him to help you. Let's deal with that one first. The one you have no control over, which is the mask of the last circumstances of life, the mask of which, you know, whatever it may be, health issues that has placed upon you and people have written you up, God will remove that mask. And the real destiny that God has got for you will come to show as well. You want to rise up with me at this time and let us pray briefly? Still got about five minutes to just do that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I am Joseph. One of these days, the church will stand and say, I am the church. And we are bold to say it. In respect of what people are saying, one of these days, you will stand up and you mention your own name boldly and say, this is the finished work that Christ has done. But for now, if there are any areas of our lives that we want to lay at the feet of the cross, that the Lord will help us with asking for help right now. Let's ask him that he will turn us around. He will make us exactly into what he wants us to be. No matter how tiny, let his work continue in your life. Let his hand finish the good work he has started. He brought you this far. He will take you all the way. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Bring your prayer to the close. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Finally, I'd like you to pray.
that it's a matter of time. The original you and the one that God has proposed to be revealed to the world shall be revealed. No matter how people think low of you or how aberrant their thoughts are contrary, or even you yourself, you are looking down on yourself, that will change today. And God will give you a new face. Face, F-A-C-E, a good face. The world will see it. They will celebrate you. They will thank your God for making such a gem like you. Lift up your head, O ye people, and let God be glorified in you. Elizabeth said, or, or the angel said unto Mary, he said, Elizabeth, your sister or your relation, who was called. So he said, the story has changed. Maybe somebody here, your story is that that person who was called unsuccessful, the story has changed. That person who was called a debtor, that story has changed. That person who was called crippled and ill cannot move. The story has changed. Behind that mask, there's a glorious you. Behind that mask, don't agree. That's just a mask. That's just a facade. That's just, you know, a, a, a temporary showing, the real showing will manifest very soon. Whichever way you are led, pray that prayer, and I will round up for you in prayer very soon. You've had the word, you've received the word, it's left for you to profit from the word. To profit by the word. That child who has been written off, the story will change. It will change. That's not a real child. That's just a mask. He will be unmasked. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Receive it right now, church. Receive it. Receive it. Thank you, Father. Rock of our salvation, we thank you. We place our hands into your hand. And our request, collectively and individually, is simple. Reveal the good and eternally prepared us to the world to see. Let all the stage where masking has hidden the real us let that phase pass, O oh God. And let the new phase begin right now in the name of the Lord Jesus. So that we may stand. They say, yes, I'm standing before you. I am that person. I'm that person. And I can talk amongst my peers. I'm that person. And I owe no debt anymore. I'm that person. I do not need to hide my status. 
Because the Lord has turned my portion around. Father, hear the cry of your people. And this afternoon, visit us in a special way. Turn our portion around. Let your name be glorified. I pray for all those that are struggling, struggling against their own selves. The things that they should do that they are not doing, the steps they should take that they are not taking. God of all mercy, send strength to you today in the name of the Lord Jesus. Failure is over in your life. A new season of success is here. And the Holy One of Israel shall be glorified in your life. Where you have believed the enemy, you will believe the enemy no more. The voice of the shepherd you will hear. And that's why I decree over you, the weak, you will say with confidence, I am strong in the name of the Lord Jesus. Whatever area you are weak, receive strength right now. And let Jesus be glorified. Thank you, Rock of our salvation. We give you all the honor and glory. Jesus' mighty name we pray. Hallelujah. For more information on what you've heard, please visit our website at www.fountainoflove.org.uk. You'll also find other media presentations available to you. Stay blessed in Christ Jesus. Amen.